Hello, you. Before we get onto the show, I just want to tell you about a brilliant new app called News Read Me. News Read Me takes any sentence you record into it and turns it into how a news correspondent would say it, you know, with that pausey rhythm and funny cadence. In fact, the best way to explain is to show you. So this is the sort of thing that they'd say at the end of a correspondent feature. Uh, scenes like this could be a thing of the past. Here we go. Scenes like this could be a thing of the past. Amazing. Oh, you could say anything. Can we have four poppadoms, please? And loads of chutney. Don't hold back on the chutney. Can we have four poppadoms, please? And loads of chutney. Don't hold back on the chutney. And uh, what else? Uh, can you pick Granny up from the station? Can you pick Granny up from the station? It, oh, it even converts into different languages. Let's try French. Pouvez-vous cherche mamie? Delegar. Great, isn't it? So much fun to play in the pub with your mates or at home with the family. News Read Me, the app that turns you into a hard-hitting correspondent. In a world where comedians pitch fake movie ideas, this is Basic Pitches. James King. We've started. Yeah, we have, yeah. Sorry, I was mid-swig of coffee. No, How no, are that's you? that's fine. Yeah, I'm good. Are you sure? You look a little stressed out. I'm very sweaty, yeah. 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 <laughs> it's I, November, James. Why are you sweaty? It's cold. I've been drinking a lot at weekends. I reckon it all comes out on Mondays. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay, so you're actually sweating like gin or something. <laughs> yes. Yeah, right. Sort of yeah. steady stream of, of rum coming yeah. out of my skin. This is showbiz, kids. If you're listening to this thinking, <clears throat> uh, well, maybe one day I'll move to London and become a media player, this is what it's like. Yeah, James King is here. Um, he's, um, he's very famous to me. Is it? Which, and I suspect he is to quite a lot of people my age. But um, we, we should. I mean, does that sound, does that sound backhanded? Let no, me rephrase no, that. No, because when, when I met you a couple of weeks ago, you said to, you said something similar, and it was sort of it was it was um, preceded by you saying, "I don't want to make you feel old, but <laughs> I used to listen to you when I was at school." Yeah. I've listened to James King on the radio for for like a long time since you're at school. You had been doing the job that yeah we both do. I mean, you're sort of slightly high, higher up the the ecosystem than I am in this world. But I don't sweat vodka. No, no, no. That's where that's where I have something in common with my fellow um, with the Jonathan Rhys Myers of this world. I've always I've always I've always we're ping ponging around, but I've always loved the the Hellraisers, and right, there okay. aren't many anymore. No. And so when I go out, I sort of I like to think that you know, yeah, I'm a I'm a film journalist, and I can I can drink like Richard Burton or see those know. were the days when film journalists would go out drinking with the actors to write a story about them. Yeah. It wouldn't just be sat having a Caesar salad somewhere over lunchtime. It would be actually going out for a night on the piss. Yeah. And 10 pints later, you'd have your story about Oliver Reed. Yeah. You know, you we missed out on all of that. So, yeah, I've listened to James King forever. So he's, I'm, a, I'm a huge, uh, he's been a big part of my life. So I approached him, Was it, we were in a hotel room waiting to go in to interview someone. And, um, Excuse me, it was Sir Ian McKellen and Dame <laughs> Helen Mirren. Okay, someone. <laughs> Actually, to give a bit of so you're not a comp, you're not a comedian, but you've always made me laugh on the radio. So I thought that was a good enough leap. I okay, thought, what a way to kind of uh, what a yeah. way to sort of find I mean, content for my podcast than just going. You you made me laugh once or twice over the yeah. years. I think once or twice is 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 good actually for me. Yeah. And it was, and when listening to the other episodes, I mean, they, they are proper comedians. Mm. Um, and I, yeah, I, I can't claim to be a living, breathing comedy writer like that lot. So, no. you know, let's see how this goes. I mean, no, it, it could fall horribly flat. Who, uh, two questions. Who's the most famous person on your mobile phone? And, and also, who would you say is the funniest? And we don't have to know who that person is. That could just be like 
I don't know, Jeff from school. The most famous person and the funniest are the same person. Yeah. And, and it's, I mean, it's on, it's known because I talk about him, but it's my friend Stephen Merchant, um, who I was at university with and my best friend from, from um, uni. So, you know, that, that's kind of, <laughs> right, it's that's, like, that's he, it, yeah. he's like a professional world famous comedian, yeah. comedy writer. So I can't claim anybody funnier than that really. And he's probably, probably the most famous as well. I mean, so obviously I, you know, just because of what I do, I know some radio presenters and TV presenters, all of whom are great, but they're probably more um you know famous in this country rather than worldwide but merchant he's out there swanning around los angeles hanging with hugh jackman and all that lot. yeah amazing isn't it yeah. I, I still listen to his old um xfm shows with because they're still so funny they're like, so good they're from 2001 and they don't other than the odd reference to pop idol they're timeless yeah. they're really, they, really i mean they and they created what we're doing here now you know that's the reason they're the ones who kicked off the whole podcast phenomenon really but i saw him the other week and you know, because I'm doing a podcast. Hey, listen, we're all doing podcasts. I know, I Everybody know. knows we're all doing podcasts. Oddly, there are more podcasts than there are people on the planet. And I don't yeah. quite know how that's. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I did have a slight go at him for for creating this monster that we've all become involved in. Um, whereas he just counts his cash from the from the sales of the uh, of the Ricky and Carl and Steve podcast. Do you WhatsApp him? What what's the deal? How does it work? Oh, and also because yeah. you know somebody like him, yeah. when he comes over to promote fighting with my family, yeah. Do you get, uh, when, when you know someone, does it still have to go through PRs or can you go, mate, do me a favor, can we do a special? We did uh, both actually, because I did interview him officially um, via the film company and it was quite awkward because it was an interview that, that on, for which only the answers were gonna be used. So it was quite an awkward thing because normally when I talk to him, it's like us two talking here. Well, obviously we have a conversation, a two-way conversation and joke about a bit and, and mess about. Um, but because this interview needed kind of clean answers from him, I had to be quiet, <laughs> which was really awkward because I just wanted to come back and have some sort of back and forth. But, you know, at first it was weird. I remember, the, I think the first time I interviewed him, it was really odd because you are just interviewing your friends. But in interview situations, you do become slightly, you know, it's a slightly different atmosphere. Yeah, you fall into an artificial rhythm, yeah. don't you? Uh, and that was odds, but I think now, because obviously he's done billions of interviews, you know, it's it, it's we both just realised that it's a bit of a game, but it's different to us down the pub. I did some interviews once. It was with Jake Gyllenhaal. Um, oh, he's not. I mean, he's tricky at the best of times. He's tricky at the best times, but we did one. I, I was down for two interviews. I think I was doing it for two different outlets. I can't remember why, but I was. And the first interview I did, we just mucked about. It was near Christmas, so I think this, the the kind of the the skit that I was recording was sort of giving him Christmas presents in some way. Anyway, it all went down a storm. He loved it. It was hilarious. We were pissing about. It was great. And then I had about half an hour break and I went back in to do my second interview with him. It was just the worst interview I've ever done. No. It was just completely flat, completely blank because it was so artificial coming back to him half an hour after ending on a high. It's kind of like, well, how do you follow that? You know, in a way, I wanted the first interview to go badly and the second interview to be the good one. But to do to do a good interview first and then go back, it's like you can't yeah. keep that momentum going. Yeah, that's tricky. Also, I, I like to warm up with the. Uh, this sounds bad, but if you know you're the most famous person, if you're if you're doing an, if you're doing a series of interviews and you're doing the director in one room and the writer in the other, and then yep. you've got the star in the other, 
you always want to do the star last because you ju you just want to get up and running, just get up to speed in this yes. in what is a kind of speed dating scenario. Warm up with the one you're probably not going to use. Yeah, I mean, let's be yeah. honest. Yeah. I mean, with all due respect to writers, there would be no films without writers. Yeah, but just <clears> in terms of the outlets that we've worked for and what interviews get played out, it's the A-list movie star that, that they want to hear. Yeah. I've realised that it really doesn't matter if you have a, a loose connection to the person. I mean, with you and Steve Merchant, it's different. You went to uni with him. You probably uh, you probably did Jaeger bombs with him. And uh, I, actually, and, I have. Yeah, yeah you've done a Jaeger bomb. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you probably even. I mean, I don't. You know, went on, went out trying to, like, you probably went to a Freshers Ball. You yes. know, in fancy yeah, yeah. dress, uh, trying well, to actually, pull not girls. We did go to Freshers Ball. Yeah, and saw Katrina and the Waves. <laughs> Who were playing? No, and I hasten to add, I must have told that story before. No, that's no, I don't good. think I ever have. Uh, I mean, that's the story. There's no, <laughs> there's no story. We saw Katrina in the waves. Yeah, but you were on Steve Merchant's shoulders, which means yeah. you're about eleven foot in the air. Yeah, singing along to "Walking on Sunshine." What a crazy night. Yeah. Well, how did that night end? Um, I, I can With tell you how it ended. No, because we we actually went. Because obviously you have to pay to go to a freshers' ball, and we were too tight to pay. So, because we were both writing for the student newspaper, we uh, for the music section of the student newspaper, we said, "Give us free tickets, and we'll go and review the gig for the next issue of the newspaper." Which I think we then sort of forgot to do. So, um, I mean, really, what are you going to say about a Katrina and the Waves gig? Yeah. Eh? that hasn't already been said. Exactly. Yeah. You know. So I think that we went along. Uh, under the sort of auspices of being music critics to review a Katrina and the Waves gig, but ended up just getting hammered and forgetting about the uh, actual writing at the end of it. Oh, okay. Well, you know, it's, it, so when he was in terms of uni stories, it's yeah. not it's not the most uh, no. Um, hedonistic. No, you that's know. true. That's true. Um, th people have done worse. People definitely I don't, have. Done I don't worse. know if people have seen worse because, <laughs> I mean, with all due respect to Katrina and her waves. So um, James King is here. He's. Uh, uh, He's a, a film critic, presenter, journalist. I haven't. I, I, have you? Have you? Do you write extensively? Because I have to say, I know you more as a broadcaster than I do as yeah, a writer. Yeah, I mean, on a weekly basis, it's broadcasting, but I've, I've written books as well. Oh, fantastic! Yeah, we can give one of them a plug. Uh, yeah, why not? Um, there's it, well, yes. The most recent one is called over here. It's called Fast Times and Excellent Adventures, which is a book about the history of eighties teen movies. Um, in America, it was called The Ultimate History of the 80s Teen Movie because they can't really cope with complicated titles so much over there. Okay. Um, uh, so, yeah, that was something that well, came out last year. Well, seeing as we're on the, um, yeah. on the theme on books, yeah. uh, when we hung out the other day, we were, we were laughing at oh, yes, terrible autobiographical yes, uh, titles. you had a great one. What was that again? Well, I, we, we were trying to do movie ones and, and actors because I was asking you, I think it'd be quite fun to read them, and you were like, they're quite formulaic, don't bother. Yeah. But then we had David Coulthard. Uh, David Coulthard who's written a self-help book, and it's called The Winning Formula. David Coulthard, in case you don't know, is a... Is a former Formula One driver. Formula One. Formula who One was a winner. Yeah, so That's it makes makes perfect sense. Now I've 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 made I've made up a load, and okay. I think you can try and guess who I'm talking about. Okay. okay. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so these are these are terrible punny auto autobiography titles made up by me that James King's going to have a crack at deciphering. Easy writer. Jack Nicholson. Yes. Yes. Now this one you'll get you'll get the name of the guy, but I want you to guess the sort of the theme of the book. So right. Hanks a million. Tom Hanks. Uh, is it a book about gratitude? 
Like a sort of pay, pay it forward type thing. That would be quite nice. Yeah. It was uh, how Tom Hanks made his millions. How, oh, how of course. Was, uh, but I mean, I really shouldn't yeah. be too clever, should no, I? It's quite should. basic, really. No, no, yeah. When you Hanks do. a million. How I made a million by double Oscar winner Tom Hanks. Um, now, this one is an unofficial one written by somebody else. Born to run the movie business. Born to run the movie business. I mean, it could be Matt Damon, if you're spelling it that way. It is. Right, okay. Robert, well, I was thinking Bruce Springsteen yeah. as well, he's born to run. Oh, but then, yeah. Yeah. Oh, but he would have been... Um, He'd be born to run the music industry. Yeah, yeah. Matt Damon, born to run the... Yeah, so is it Matt Damon, How I Made It as an A-list star? Yeah, but I like... Because it's such a bad title and because I think it's almost impossible to really kind of justify that title because it's so bad, I think it would be one of those terrible unofficial autobiographies. You know those ones that make it into the basket oh, yeah. or into the shop window of your local yeah. British Heart Foundation. And, there's, and there seems to be quite a small amount of writers who do them as well. There are, there are names that I see each Christmas when they come out. You know, they've bought out a new biography of the latest person. Um, and that, people make a living out of it. You have to be kidding. You have to be kidding. You've got to be kidding. You've got to be kidding. It doesn't matter how you... How you um, well, this is someone... Whose surname is Kid? Well, I wonder whether I'm not fulfilling my role here. If you can't get this, if you don't think this is a, can, you can't pun on half the surname, can you? That's what I'm doing. Oh, Nicole Kidman. Yeah. All right, okay. Yeah. I do. Can I? Can I suggest? Do you want to improve that? You've got to be Kidman. I mean, it's yeah, not but brilliant. It, but I don't but, <laughs> you know, but if you say it in a certain way, oh, you've got to be Kidman. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, you're not impressed by that. No, I don't mind that one. I, but it comes to we we were trying to do one for James Corden, weren't we? We were coming up with. Well, he's um, done one, isn't he, James Corden? But his won't be like his will be more, but because they're either based on the work they've done. Yeah. But I like Corden Doff, which yeah. is kind of like him going through a bad, like a, de a depressive episode, you know. Um, Golden Eye with just with the letter I. I. Right. Golden Eye. Well, it's Bond related. Golden Eye. Oh, is it Pierce Brosnan? Yeah, right. It's all about, it's about <laughs> now this is my favourite one. Can I just can I just say for Pierce, I'd do maybe a Pierce of the action. <laughs> yes, that's nice. Yeah, uh, it's not yeah. quite as clean. It's not quite as, but you uh, know, a Pierce of a Pierce of the action. <laughs> that's so loose. Yeah, <laughs> it's just well, Roger Moore's was my word is my bond. Which, you know, it has the word bond in it. That's what we need. It has word in it. Obviously, it's a book of words. That's enough. It doesn't yeah. need to make any more sense than that. Yeah. And Pierce, action movie star. Uh, this one's a director, four chapters and an epilogue. Is it Spike Lee? No, it's like, you know. Because he's got a company called Four Acres and a Mule. I oh, thought right. it might be a very clever. <laughs> All right, I can, this is a good one. What was four chapters and an epilogue, though? Who was that? <laughs> Richard Curtis. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> That's great. That makes sense. Um, a cam, a cam do attitude. A cam do attitude. Cameron Diaz. Very good. Very good. And we'll do one more. Oh, this is my favourite one. <laughs> this is my favourite one. Put a cork in it. Put a cork in it. How are you spelling cork? Uh, well, like the place. Right. Okay. So is it someone from cork? Could be. Killian Murphy. Killian Murphy, okay, right. So put a cork in it. Yeah. Why every film should have Killian Murphy in it. Uh, or put a cork in it, the history of actors from Yeah, from, from Ireland. Cork. Or from Cork, especially, yeah. <laughs> yeah it's very specific. Short book. <laughs> I um, like those. I would read, I would say, three quarters of those. Yes, you probably, yes. Yeah. Well, you, and, and you have. 
Oh, hello. Don't mind him. That's just my husband learning how to play the saxophone. I prefer James King on basic pitches. I'm on my second listen, so I can tell you what happens in the future. You might hear him say, Zombie Nazis. The actor John Inman. Stephen Merchant as Ronnie Corbett. Benny Hill meeting Sam Smith. <laughs> okay, let's get back to it. Oh, for pity's sake, Jeff, shut the fuck up! A film that you remember having on in the background when you might have been... Um... Oh, yes, I've, I've heard you ask this before. Yeah. I mean, it's this is actually this is not a joke, but it sounds like it's it's made up, but it's actually true. Uh, and see, the, the the police are now coming after me to arrest <laughs> me for this choice. Uh, it's nine and a half weeks, the eighties Shagathon, starring oh, Mickey the... Rourke and uh, Kim Basinger. Oh, that erotic thriller! Well, that would get anyone going, James. I know, so and it, fair was, enough. it was complete coincidence. I don't know how much information you want on this. Um, just it, stop me at any point. I want as much as you're willing to but tell it me. Was, it was post-date. We'd been to the cinema and then we came back to... This was when I was a student. Came back to my house in my room. Put the telly on and they, it was on. I mean, it was like it was like the gods were looking down at me. Yeah. And um, yeah, I mean... James, it, I bestow on you yeah. <laughs> some intercourse. An erotic Care to see of Kim Bassinger. Yeah. And, you know, it, it, it worked an absolute treat. I mean, it's um, it's a film I've seen since in the sort of cold light of day. Mm. And it's, you know, it hasn't aged particularly well. It is utterly ridiculous. But at that moment, on that night... Everything was right. Everything was right. And it, and it spawned many a, a, a many a moment of passion for you. <laughs> it spawned Did many a child, probably, as well. <laughs> <laughs> Did you try and repeat the... Uh, no. Yeah, she, I no mean another that, time, you know. she's like, that movie's on again. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like a VHS. Yeah. Is, there, is your video mm. on, James, da, da, or is this actually da, ITV? Da, 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 da. <laughs> um, it was a one-off a one-off moment, really. So James King is here. He's, uh, he's a bit of a legend if you're, if, 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 if you're me. So that's, <laughs> that's if you're not, however, James, then I mean, yeah. I'm just annoying. Yeah, possibly. But you've got that recognisable voice, you see. People are going to yeah. hear this and they'll be like, that guy, you're, I'll have people go, you had that guy on. Yeah, <laughs> I the, know. that guy. The guy who isn't Mark Kermode. Oh, well, I'd say yeah. I'd, I was I was loath to bring him up for feeling that. Oh, I don't mind, he's my mate. Uh, yes, yes. Yeah. Um, so you're on, this is Basic Pitches, where yes. I get comedians on to pitch a fake movie idea. Um, and you're not a comedian, but you do have a large brain and a good sense of humour. Uh, and so I thought, why not? If there is one man in this country who has seen enough movies to be able to cobble together the perfect alchemy for a huge, successful, intelligent film. Oh my God. It's James King. Oh my God. So, uh, so here we go. Let's, we're going to hear, this will be the kind of, well, this is the outline of James King's basic pitch. I like fish out of water stories. I'm a real sucker for those. Uh, you know, I, I guess it's because I've been in that situation myself sometimes. Like, for example, when I go to stay with my in-laws, they live in Yorkshire. I'm a southerner. And even just that 200-mile difference, there's, you know, I'm a fish out of water in their environment. Um, so, obviously, you see that in some bad rom-coms, like uh, Sweet Home Alabama, the Reese Witherspoon one, is about the city girl going back home to Alabama. There's one with Renee Zellweger. I think it's called New in Town. Yeah. Where, yeah. again, I think either she's a city girl in the country or a country girl in the city or something like that. So I think there would definitely be an element of fish out of water in, in, in my movie. Um, they, I also love I guess you'd call them a romp <laughs> a, like, a romp a romp like a sort of um, 
like a spy romp. So uh, like James Bond movies, for example, or certainly the older James Bond movies, but also like Sherlock Holmes as well. Yes, they're crime stories, but there's a bit of sort of adventure and fun about them as well. Mm. Um, so I like that element. So they're fantastic. There'd be fish out, fish of, water out of water and a romp. romp. Yeah. So we've got a rompy, uh, uh, we've got a rompy fish out of water franchise. Yeah. Um, um, and maybe I'll add in the sort of the utterly ridiculous premise. You know, there's there's a bit of a thing, and it was started, I think, by a movie called Dead Snow for sort of zombie Nazis. Right. Yeah. There's quite a quite yeah. a, a sort of a, a genre. Yeah. Or a subgenre. I've of seen zombie Nazi movies. The idea I have. And, and this was actually prompted by a, a tweet that I did the other day. The other day I put out a tweet because I'd seen a record in a charity shop. And it was a record from the 70s by the actor John Inman. Now, who was in Are You Being Served? Yes, yeah, which I know. Is sort of a 70s, 80s, you know. Yeah, sitcom. iconic. Uh, iconic. I'm free. That was yes. Nice. But very much of the old school comedy. Yeah. Comedy you don't really get now because it's not really now <laughs> it's yeah. not really PC yeah it was not, it was not it's not contemporary yeah. and it, it, it lent heavily on perhaps slightly unfair stereotypes as well absolutely um, and I put and he made some records because he was so popular at the heyday of John Inman he made some albums I don't didn't know this but I found one in, in a record in a charity shop posted the picture and Edgar Wright the film writer director Re- retweeted it no really quite quickly as well alright <laughs> so he'd obviously been waiting for this tweet yeah so, oh if only someone, someone would tweet like John the same thing and then because he has significantly more followers than I do it, it got a bit of momentum you, you went viral James I not went, for the I first went, time I mean a little bit viral um, with this tweet about John Inman and I thought those kind of comedians you know I have this was when I was growing up so I have an affinity with them but that ilk of the sort of Carry On comedians or Benny Hill or um, Ken Dodds, who you know, only recently d- passed away, but but that kind of old school comedian. Mm-hmm. If I could try and get them into a movie that that covers all those things I mentioned, the romp, the fish out of water, and so the the idea I came up with is sort of a bit of The Expendables, right? It's a bit of Austin Powers, and it's a bit of I suppose it's a bit of Kingsman as well, and what it would be is that. All these people, the majority of whom died in the 90s. Yeah. Actually, they didn't die. Okay. They were cryogenically frozen (laughs) and are then brought back now. These 70s heroes. Yeah. Yeah. Brought back now. Um, And I think that they were cryogenically frozen because actually they all belong to some kind of secret service. We thought that they were TV favourites and TV funny men, but actually they were kind of spies. Okay. So a bit like League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. Yes. You know, they sort of have an underground lair where they meet, but the public don't know this. So anyway, they're cryogenically frozen when they die. They're all brought back to life in 2019. And they have a crime to solve, but also they have to deal with the world now, the comedy of now. I mean, imagine like Benny Hill trying to deal with the comedy of that. Yeah, exactly. Well, if, um, well, so he was trying to still, he was still running around and, and being, yeah. you know, totally inappropriate. Yeah. Um, and actually some of them as well, you know, like Frankie Howard, Kenneth Williams and that, who were, you know, we know now were gay. But back then they were sort of a bit closeted about it, didn't quite know how to deal with it. But now they're in a world where we're much more comfortable with that. Yeah. So there's the, the sort of the emotional side of it, I guess, is them as fish out of water trying to deal with the modern world yeah there would also be some kind of rompy 
crime that they have to, to solve as well because actually they're all under undercover spies and and were for their whole career we just never knew about it Do, can can all of these um icons uh, uh, can we assign them as, as a, a skill each you know so, so would yeah. inman be uh would he, would he be a master at uh, the, uh, i don't know still the withering put down that's enough to <laughs> flatten yeah. a, i mean an some assailant. of them were, were, were like stand-ups weren't they and some of them were comedy actors some of them were the only issue, they are going to be occupying similar comedic spaces some because they, they are, you know yeah. so, so think, we'll have to separate know, them out maybe with the, the wardrobe the, definitely with the wardrobe and the ones I mentioned are just ideas. There, I mean, there are so. Uh, listen, there are infinite dead we, comedians. Well, I would, I'd like, I'd like to bring Rick Mayle into the mix if Why we could bring him because, back. Because what would be interesting he, about Rick is that he's not from that. I mean, he's from that era. Yeah. But then he came from a different area of comedy, and like Sid James. You know, Sid James was sort of a dirty old man of the Carry On films, um, and wasn't camp at all. You know, it's very much the opposite kind of humour. So I think he would be very much his own thing. Yeah, he'd be great. Yeah, and he has a distinctive voice. He had that yeah. raspy Cockney and exactly. Uh, yeah, the kids, if you're listening, he was the Danny Dyer of the seventies. Yeah, yeah. Well, we were certainly alienated a certain core demographic with the uh, with this. I think this is the film that Britain's been waiting for. Yeah, it's the film for Brexit Britain. Okay, I don't know why, um, but uh, yeah. Um, well, it's a film for Brexit Britain because you're taking people who perhaps perhaps have outmoded yes. you know slightly retrograde ideas and yeah. with just a little guidance yeah they have a lot to offer exactly and they so have, and that would be the arc i think of the story is that they start off as one thing by the end of the movie they've they've modernized their ideas they're still funny and maybe they're loved all over again and maybe the people who are critical of them when they said oh they're all sexist and outdated now would feel different so they, it brings a harmony are we, are we getting actors to play have you got an in, in yeah i mean i've got uh, inman was difficult i don't necessarily have an inman but you know i'm thinking some of these actors have played these characters before like um david walliams for example has played frankie howard in a bbc drama and i think michael sheen he would have to be in it somewhere i think he's played kenneth williams in a bbc drama as well so they've got previous we know that they can do it Michael's, michael sheen i think with his eyes occasionally he looks like rick mail so i think he'd yeah make i mean well exactly michael sheen could be anybody really, uh, he's a big he? he's got his mimicry his yeah i think i'd probably for, for benny hill who ultimately was a sort of chubby bald man i'd probably go uh matt lucas you know yeah, and these are also people who are currently comedy comedians yeah um and they know their comedy history so they would sort of you know, put some investment into it because yeah. it's it's part of their um, their life. Yeah, you know, these comedians. So um, I think I don't think we'd be short of people to get to to get these roles. No, that'd be brilliant. We skipped on to casting uh, we, yeah. I, only because I. Were you done with the plot? I mean, what plot there is really? Yeah. I think it's like Pirates of the Caribbean. We just wing it. Yeah, we don't we'll need see to how block it, goes. it. We'll just wing it. I don't know what the crime is that they're that they're solving because they are part of this secret yeah, organisation. This they're league, spies. Yes, yeah, this kind of league, that and they've been rejuvenated to help do something. For some reason, it's only them who can do it. Mm. Um, so we'd have to work that one out. I think, um, I don't normally ask, but oh, you've got a director in mind? Maybe Matthew Vaughan. I mean, but because I mentioned Kingsman, so he has yeah. done something like that. But you know, I've also mentioned Edgar Wright. You know, Edgar is like my age. He has a similar sort of. He knows Walliams. He knows Matt Lucas. All these people already. He likes the retro stuff. Um, He'd so, do a killer soundtrack. Oh, it'd be an amazing soundtrack. It'd be incredible, wouldn't it? All those sounds. Get the gags in. I mean, maybe then we could have Peg and Frost playing some roles as well. Yes. Yes. You know Simon Pegg? 
I don't, well, friend I know of, of him. I don't know him particularly well. You're, no. a, you're a big, you're a big swinger in the in, the, swinger, in, the, yeah. in, in the British film industry, James. I, yeah. I suspect there's quite a few yeah. people you know. You're hiding your light under a bushel with me. Yeah, that's because we don't know each other very well. But, I, I mean, I, mate, I could get you merchant in it, but then what? What? What predecessors have we got who were six foot seven Bristolian comedians? <laughs> I mean, John Cleese is still alive, so he wouldn't really be involved. Oh, but we could have Cleese and Merchant could play his son. Yeah. Or I tell you what, and I think we could have Ronnie Corbett rejuvenated and Merchant playing his son. And that's the gag, is that Ronnie was like five foot. Yes, that's six, great. Six, seven. That's great. And the callback from extras that so yeah, as well, exactly. you know, so there's a nice yeah. there's something in it yeah. for the fans. What are we calling this? Uh, oh, romp? well listen, uh, again, you know, I'm not afraid of tropes, I'm not afraid of cashing in. Uh, it's called Cashing In on a recent big hit movie, Jokers. Jokers. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's it's just fine. the simple addition of an S and it yeah. becomes a different film. Different movie. Yeah. A lot of people, the people I was talking about earlier who just go indiscriminately whenever yeah. they kind of show up. Oh, is this a sequel up? to Joker? I'll go and see that. Yeah. Not expecting Stephen Merchant as Ronnie Stephen Corbett. Merchant as Ronnie Corbett and, uh, and David Williams reprising his role, <laughs> yeah. which is not something I ever thought. Yeah, fam famously playing um, Frankie Howard. Yeah. I mean, he, I, I, I'd certainly consider Forsyth being one of them. Yeah. yeah. One of the Jokers. <laughs> The joke, the jokers, or just jokers? Oh, just jokers. Just yeah, jokers. there's no definite article. We've got to follow the 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 DC. We get Tim Bevan and Eric Fellner from Working Title on the case. Yep. Edgar Wright as director. Yep. Oh, it was pretty strong. Do you want a tagline? This is why I asked you. Do you want a tagline? I do. I was gonna I was gonna take a quick break. We'll be right back with film critic, presenter, journalist extraordinaire, and uh, and well, film icon really, James King. If you like basic pitches, you might also like Cinema Stories with James King. But what's it all about? Well, I know the man to ask. It's about your three favourite cinemas. One guest, three favourite cinemas. So we'd have, I mean, for example, Merchant's on there. I always call on him in, in an hour of need. Um, but we've got Miranda Sawyer on there, Top Journo. We've got, she's great. Yeah, my friend Rihanna Dillon, who's another film critic who took over from me on Radio 1. It's simply naming your three favourite cinemas. The Brilliant Cinema Stories with James King. Find it now, or ideally right after this, on Spotify, Apple, and all the places you get your podcasts. All right, welcome back to Basic Pitches with me and James King. Hello, James. Hi. Uh, in case you missed it, uh, James King's pitch is called Jokers, yep. about a group of 70s com comedians uh, brought back to life uh, to go on a on a world saving mission and yes. also save their reputations in the process. That's exactly it. My God, that's so much better than I said it. Yeah, this is the joy of cryogenics, which I don't even know if they actually work, but they're, yeah. they're used enough in movies. Yeah, for, for yeah, yeah, to, to legitimise you know, yeah, the to reason for you being thing. here. Yeah. yeah. So what's the what's your, what's going on the poster? The old ones are the best. Yeah. I mean, it works on that's several good. levels, right? Yeah, the old ones. It's what you say about jokes. The, oh, the old ones are the best. But I always but also I, they're the old ones. But I say I say ones again. So this is interesting. I always say the the old ones are the best ones. Is what? Oh, I, do you have yeah. a double ones? Do you do you not put oh, the second ones? No, I ones? don't. No, no. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, We've always. It, yeah, the old. If if someone does a really corny joke, you go, oh, the old ones are the best. No, you say the old ones are the best ones. <laughs> For, I mean, for symmetry. Okay, well, there's clearly going to be a marketing meeting where this <laughs> is hammered out. Um, I don't mind either, to be honest. It's the same kind of thing. Less is more, isn't it? The old ones are the best. Give me another phrase that I can shorten that will sound terrible. There's no know. place like home. It would be, there's, there's no, no place, place like. There's no place like. Ah, <laughs> oh, there's no <laughs> place like. That's exactly what it's like. Right, okay. Yeah. It takes two to tango. It, it takes two to... 
Well, it takes two to. <laughs> they all kind of work. So the old ones are the best. But ones. it would be like you saying, "Pride comes before a fall." Pride, <laughs> wouldn't it? That's what it would be like. That's true. It takes two to That's tango. True. Two. <laughs> That's true. No, it'd be it again, wouldn't it? Yeah. It takes two to tango. It. 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 <laughs> yeah. All right, well... Um, like if you agree with James Sloan. Retweet if you agree with James King. The old ones are the best ones. <laughs> <laughs> Nicest BBC presenter. I'll give you... You can have Fern Cotton, Joe Wiley, Chris Evans, Terry Wogan. Now, tell me if you've, if you've worked with all... The, you have worked with all these... Have uh, you been on not, one of these not, shows? I haven't been with Terry Wogan, but the other three, yeah. You've been on all those shows? Yeah. Oh, what else? Uh, well, Namone from back in the day. Oh, my God, yes. Um, who else is there? Greg James you've been on with? yes. Um, Scott Mills. Yep. Oh, They're all, all lovely people. You work with all the greats. They are you? all lovely people. Uh, uh, but I, I mean, just because I continue to work with Joe Wiley mm-hmm. and and know her better than the others, because I have okay. a continuing relationship with her. Yeah. She would she would be absolutely the loveliest, and she's genuinely lovely. Did you ever see Steve Merchant uh, get off with anyone? Yes. <laughs> Did you ever see him? Um, what else? I mean, we used to go out for fish and chips quite a lot. Okay. We would, this is the rock and roll lifestyle we led, is that I'd go around to his, this was in Coventry, we'd go to the chippy around the corner, bring fish and chips back, and on, I want to say a Monday night, we'd sit and watch Noel Edmonds Tele Addicts. <laughs> and see, uh. you know, answer, I, I'd be one team, he'd be our team and see you one. Oh, right. Yeah. God, that is dorky, isn't it? I know, but you know. Look at you now. It, well, this look at him thing. now. Yeah. Put that on the post. <laughs> All right, thanks, James. Say goodbye. Goodbye. Basic Pitches. The podcast to have you in stitches. Basic Pitches. You've heard of films with some really bad ideas, like Night and Day with Tom Cruise and Cameron Diaz. So once a week, we'll be chatting with a comedian, getting in the groove and improve the movie medium. Thing is, most stories have a stupid premise, like the Phantom Menace, or films about tennis. Basic pitches, comedic riches. Basic pitches. A podcast to have you in stitches. Basic pitches.